Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. Thank you so much for listening in this day. Uh, today is Saturday, August 5th, 2017. Welcome to the guests in the chat room. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to Talking Smooth Jazz. Com. Scroll down to Ahmad Johnson's picture. That will bring you into the chat room once you click on that. The phone number is 646-716-5485, 646-716-5485. I welcome your phone calls um, to Ahmad if you have any questions or a comment about his music. Um, before I introduce Amar Johnson to you, I just want to acknowledge the passing of guitarist Chuck Loeb this past week. He was a member of Foreplay, and um, he's a great loss to the jazz community. So my um, thoughts and condolences go out to his family um, for Chuck Loeb. All right. Today I am interviewing saxophonist Ahmad Johnson about his new release called Notes, the Saxophone Edition. Ahmad, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Terry, thank you for, very much for having me on. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, let's start, Ahmad, with what you would like the listeners to know about you. I am more comfortable writing than I am performing. Um, I love the creative process. I love working with the guys who I who I perform with. Um, the reason the project is named as it is is because there are more songs than just saxophone-led songs that come out of here. And we wanted to have one project that featured the saxophone. But I really am a big fan of writing. I was raised on smooth jazz. I used to work in the smooth jazz venue before it shut down. Um, my day was spent mm. listening to smooth jazz radio before the station shut down. Um, I've had a chance to meet many of the people who inspired me as a kid and hearing some of their stories, hearing some of their suggestions, hearing their advice, and just being able to watch them do what they do, do what they love, has led me to continue to do this through many different types of seasons. Um, when it was easy, when it was hard, when the phone was ringing, when the phone wasn't ringing, um, the one constant mm-hmm. that I've always had in my life has been my love of this smooth jazz. Now, you, which station were you at? We had 105.7, the Oasis down here. And one morning I turned on the radio and all of a sudden it was top 40. Matter of fact, they were playing hypnotized by Biggie Smalls. And I thought someone <laughs> played with my radio. I thought someone changed the station on my radio. And I'm looking, and there was no advance notice. There was no warning. It was just the the people who owned the station felt that their best step was to change the format. And our area has suffered Mm. because of that. Mm. We used to have lots of shows down here. We used to have Richard Elliott and Peter White and all those cats come through here on a constant basis, David Sanborn, Najee, all the time. And when the radio station went away, they basically said, there's no audience for us there, so we do miss them coming through here. And that's the sad part because there is an audience, but there's just no way to promote it now that there's no station. I know it's the same here in Vegas. It happened um, the same way here. We got no notice. In fact, our jazz station started playing Christmas music in November through January. Hmm. Once Hmm. January of the next year hit, it was a total flip. Yeah. So I, I totally understand. And now we have the college station here that um, plays, you know, the jazz music. And so we, they do get some promotion. We do get some artists here. And so they are able to get promotion through radio um, because of the college station. But, yeah, I totally, totally understand that. It was felt across the country when they all just kind of went away. Yeah. And, and I think so had, were you a had, DJ? Had we, 
Oh, no, I was, I was just a huge fan. I worked with a lot of the people from the radio station because of the jazz club I worked in, the really close relationship. And I worked there for a really long time. So it got to the point where I knew performers. I knew, I knew their musicians. Uh, Richard Elliott's keyboardist and I mm-hmm. used to have a conversation about this keyboard that we both had. And every time he would come through, we would have these long talks, and people would say, how do you know him so well? I said, he was here last summer. We do this all the time. But when we lost the station, mm-hmm. even the the venue started to try some different things like rock shows and rap shows, and those things were fun, but that wasn't why the venue was built. And eventually, the people who had the vision, the original vision for the place, decided it wasn't living up to uh, its original creed, and so they shut it down. Wow. And, That's what and we happens have not when you lose it. Yeah. Not replaced it yep. with anything since, and that's been over, over a decade. Mhm, mhm. That's what happens when we lose the jazz stations like that. Everything that they did to promote artists and concerts, all of that goes away with it, and that's sad. That's sad, and it it hurts artists like you who are indie artists. You know, trying to get out there, get your music heard, get um, some exposure. It hurts you as well because now you have no outlet to get yourself promoted in certain cities. So I know, yeah. It, it does. <sighs> um, we, used to, we used to enjoy. We used to enjoy opening, not so much because mm-hmm. of of the check and not so much because of the venue, but there was something about saying Gerald Albright and we're opening for Gerald Albright or Kim is coming through and we're opening for Kim or Kirk Whalum's coming through and we're opening for Kirk. There was something about being on the same stage with those guys that made you feel like you were legit. It made you feel like you had yes. for that moment in time, you had, you had made it. Um, this is what all the hard work um, was about. Um, the, the, the first show I mm-hmm. opened for as a part of my original band was for Larry Graham. I'm sorry, Larry Calton. I'm sorry. The mm-hmm. first show we did was for Larry Calton. We were added to it after they had already sold out the show. We we hit the stage. People looking at us like, what are y'all doing up here? We didn't know y'all were coming. 30 minutes later, when we were finished. We're out in the audience, and we're signing autographs like we're legends. We have people asking us <laughs> about releases. We hadn't hit the studio yet. We just We just wanted that opportunity, and 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 that is a feeling that a lot of artists in my position don't get to have down here anymore because those opportunities don't come through. Yes, yes. Yes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I read a statement on your Facebook page. You said, when I first started, I wanted to change how smooth jazz sounded. Now I just want you to hear me. How did you want to change how it sounded? When I came up, one of my biggest heroes was Kirk Whalum, and his first project was almost more fusion than what we consider smooth jazz. And in a lot of cases, when people who don't enjoy smooth jazz consume it, it's like background music. You just, it's just playing while you're doing stuff. It, um, it's playing in the elevator. It's playing in the store. And I've always enjoyed smooth yeah. jazz on that level of you don't know what this dude is doing. You don't, you don't understand how this lady is painting this picture. You, the, the artist who's playing, these people who are working together, it's more than just something for you to just kind of mosey your way through. It, this is some incredible stuff going on in the background. So when I first started, my desire was to write stuff that grabbed your attention. And in some cases, I was creating some stuff that, that wasn't true to what I liked to do in the name of mm. trying to do something different. And so what I've come mm-hmm. back to is I just want to write, I want, I want to paint my picture and hopefully it'll grab you. If it doesn't, okay, but hopefully what I'm presenting will grab you, the honest version of me. And the past couple of years I've been doing a better job of focusing on what I like to do as a writer, on what I like to do as an artist, and it's, it's working out pretty well. Okay. All right. All right. Now, another um, thing I read uh, regarding the uh, CD notes, the saxophone edition, We've written a lot of music, but the one thing we never did was put together a project that only showcases AJ on the sax. So is this like the really um, 
tell me about Notes, the saxophone edition, and how you guys came about putting this project together. Um, I have friends who will call me or will text me or hit me on Facebook and say, this new CD only has one song with you on the sax. What's up? And my response will be, well, mm-hmm. when, I was, when I was creating this project, the only song that needed the sax was that song. Everything else felt like it needed something different. And that answer would be true and honest, and they wouldn't care. Where is the saxophone project? We, we want to hit play and an hour <laughs> later be done listening to you playing the saxophone. And so what I decided to do was um, once I uh, revamped the website and took care of a couple of other business things, what I decided to do was if you want this, here it is. Notes the saxophone edition. It's right here for you. There you go. You don't have to uh, go to iTunes and buy this song from one CD and two songs from another CD, and you don't have to to, to pick it apart that way. You just get this whole thing, and here you go. Okay. All right. Well, and a, and now a lot of let's take things, a, a listen. A lot of those same people, a lot of those same people have uh-huh. sent messages saying thank you. So I guess I got it right. <laughs> okay. All right, let's take a listen to some of the music on Notes, the saxophone edition. Ahmad, I'm going to let you pick the first song. Oh, let's start off with let's start off with the game. The game. You know what, Ahmad? I don't think I uploaded that one. Um, my okay. apologies. I did not yes. upload that one. So I have Days of Joy, Emotional Days, Her Him, I Remember, Kiss You Goodnight, Nothing Has Changed, and The Unspoken Lyric. Let's start with Days of Joy, because I have a wonderful story about that song. Let's start with Days of Joy. All right. Here it is, Days of Joy.
right, that was Days of Joy from Ahmad Johnson's new release, Notes of the Saxophone Edition. All right, Ahmad, tell me the story behind this song. I have a friend who I work with named Damon Callahan. He is an incredible musician. And I was headed to his house to work on some some other projects. And I called him and I said, I'll be at your house in about 20 minutes. He said, okay, um, I'm thinking about something, but don't worry about it. When he says that, I know he's in the studio and he's writing, but but it's a, it's a really weird process. So I drive out to his house. I get there. I walk in. He hits play. He's playing this track. He started writing it 30 minutes before I got to the house. And we mm. laid it that night. And he is, he makes my life a lot easier as a musician. He, he's mm-hmm. my big brother in this game. He has taught me a lot about structuring songs. He's taught me a lot about, um, he helps rein me in sometimes when my ideas are a tad bit out there. And he, when he put that song together and said, I wrote this basically for you on your way here. So let's do it. And that was just, <laughs> when, I, when I finally heard it all together, I, I'm, I was, it, it was amazing how you have people who slave over songs for weeks and weeks and weeks. And he just sat down and, and, and this came to him and it, it was, it, it was, it was incredibly easy to put it together but it was one of those meaningful sessions when, when you show up and you and you know something's about to happen. Okay. All right. So you just went there and you just put it down. It, that's what happened. I, I, was, I thought we were going to do some different songs. I thought we were going to work on some stuff. And he just said, I got this. Let's get to work on this. And I'm listening and I'm, and I've learned to trust him over years of working with him. If, if he says, I got this, let's get to work. I know that means that we're mm-hmm. he knows we're already in the zone. Let's just get to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when did you start playing the saxophone? I started playing in 1985 in concert band in middle school. I was terrible. I, I was <laughs> terrible clean up until my 10th grade year when I got tired of being talked badly about, about, about the people around me. Uh, my 10th grade year, I sat down and I started studying Kenny G. Anything he put out, I bought it. And I started listening to him. Mm. And I realized when he was playing, there was there was this new thing for me called emotion that he was putting into his songs. Mm-hmm. When I would play songs, I played mm-hmm. the notes on the page. And technically, I was okay, but there was no feeling behind it. So I'm listening to him play Songbird, and I'm listening to him play Silhouette, and I'm listening to him play Esther. And when that live CD came out, that changed everything for me. Mm. I didn't want to be like Kenny G, but I wanted to. I wanted to under. I wanted to be able to be on the stage. I wanted to be in the studio and be playing a song with emotion like that, because you're listening to him and you're going through it with him. And so studying right. him and then studying David Sanborn and studying Gerald Albright um, and, and then going back and studying some of the old greats, the guys that Quincy Jones used to work with that my dad had on 8-track and cassette back in the day, starting to study them and listen to how it wasn't about the notes. It was about the feeling. The notes would take care of themselves. You put the feeling in the song, and that will take care of everything else. And my band, okay. my high school band director told me, that he noticed a change my sophomore year. And when I told him what I was doing outside of school, he said, you got to keep doing that because, because it's different now. Mm, okay. And now was the saxophone your, your instrument of choice? Do you play other instruments as well? The saxophone is the one that I, that I play, but thanks to technology and how far we've come, I have all these things attached to my computer that in the privacy of my own home make it seem like I could do all sorts of things on all kinds of instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm able to I'm able to write out my structures. I'm able to write out my blueprints for my songs with my with my equipment at the house. But you will very rarely see me do anything publicly but play the sax. Okay, all right. Now I noticed um, Ahmad on your Facebook page and on your website. 
when you release a, a record or a CD, um, you always do it with a black cover. Is there a reason for that? I'm I'm a fan of hip hop, and when I was okay, uh, when, I, when I first became a um, when I first started really looking at how people market things. When I first started looking at how people market their projects, one of the most stunning covers I ever saw was the Jay-Z Black Album cover. It's mostly black, but he's kind of in gray, and if you don't pay attention, you don't see him, and it just seems like it's mostly black. And there's something about – it's on Facebook and Twitter, the, the ability to scroll through people's posts quickly is incredible. But a black square – and then you add the image mm-hmm. to it, and then you add a little bit more information, it, it, it kind of makes you have to pay attention to what's going on. The white letters on a black square makes it kind of stand out a little bit. It took me a long time to develop that style, but it's, it's just something that I always thought caught the eye. Um, we have a lot of things in the house. There's something on a black background, and you can't miss it because of that black background. So I just I instituted that into my my marketing scheme, and I keep it simple. Um, I've seen a lot of covers where people do a whole lot on their covers, and some of it doesn't make sense. So I've learned to just keep it simple, make the cover about the music, and keep moving from there. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I like, you know, I like the black and white color combination. That's one of my favorite color combinations. And it's very graphic, and it does stand out and get get, get noticed. Um, so I was just curious about that. Okay, all right. Um, the next song, um, I'm going to pick the next song because uh, I want to um, let you know that I really like this song, "Her Him." Tell me about this one. This was um, I was working with Damon again, and I walked in and I said, "I think I got one." that is different from anything we've ever done. And this was, I wrote this one from scratch and I just had this idea about writing something that was, when you heard it, it it got you. And I walked in the studio and we we recorded it. And when I came out, Damon and all the other guys in the, in the, in the control booth were looking at me like, what did you just do? I said, I told y'all I wanted to write one song at some point in time in his career where when you heard it, you just knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to be cute on this song. This is just straight. It's just. It's. It's what it is. It, it's. You. You hear it when you listen to it. Um, the fact that you enjoy it, I appreciate that a great deal. Um, it was a challenge to write something like that, and well, it, there was supposed to be another verse at the end of it, and we made the decision just leave it the way it is. Just just let's go with what we oh. got and keep moving. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. I am talking to saxophonist Ahmad Johnson about his new release, Notes of the Saxophone Edition. The phone number is 646-716-5485. We welcome your phone calls. This is Her Hymn.
yeah, that 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 was a fun song to play. Mm. And you know what? I, I'll tell you why I like this song. It has a very meditative feel to it. This is something that, you know, you just put this on and sit back and just relax to it. And it's not, mm, Ali, I don't, I, that's, I mean, that's the best way I can explain why I like this song. Well, one of the reasons why I like smooth jazz, and I've told people, I've been telling people this for a while, um, R&B, hip-hop, rock, there's a person who is normally singing words to you or saying words to you, and you're getting your mm-hmm. feelings, your emotions based on what they're telling you. Smooth jazz mm-hmm. allows you to feel whatever kind of way you want to feel about a song. It could be Hello. completely mm-hmm. different from how the person meant it when they wrote it, but it's how it, it's how it feels to you. Um, yes. Um, yes. Kirk, Whalen, Kirk Whalen has a song called Glow, and that song is just gutter it just is and when he plays it mm-hmm. I, I i imagine that there is a young lady who who he is definitely in love with who he is playing that song for but when my kids listen to it they just think it's some cool old school club song because i'm raising them on smooth jazz like i was raised and so they don't mm-hmm. take it the way i take it I might be completely wrong from how Kirk Whalen meant it when he played it, and that's the beauty of smooth jazz because it's not telling you how to feel about it. It's letting you find your own way through that song to make a connection to it. And I think that's what makes yeah. these songs that, we, that we're attached to so awesome because I, I feel this way about this song, and that's why I love it. You may feel differently, and that's why you love it, but we still have this song in common. And that's why I've mm-hmm. always loved this genre of music. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 totally agree, totally. And would you agree with that, Miss Wanda? <laughs> of course, I do agree. 100%. Welcome, welcome to the show, Wanda. Ahmad, this is Miss Wanda, Jazzy Lady. She just called, called in to say hello. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I sure did. I'm good. How about yourself? I was listening to the first 30 minutes and I agree with everything you said about the radio station disappeared out of just just boom <laughs> it happened when I was I think in what happened, I think what happened was people started looking at who was driving music and it was all pop and right now in our area you have so many pop stations that you don't really know if you changed the station because there's so many that are exactly the same. And what made the smooth jazz stations <laughs> so great was that it was a break from all of that. You knew when you were listening to that station because it was different from everything else you listened to. And it's unfortunate that the people who run the radio stations didn't see it that way at the time. But what I will say is mm. losing that has given so many more people opportunities because the radio stations were stuck on who they could and who they couldn't deal with. So indie artists couldn't really get a platform. So now what we have are all these right. other ways because of the internet, because of podcasts, because of all these other, because of shows like this that give people like me an opportunity when radio stations felt like they couldn't. So whereas I do miss the radio stations, I sorely miss the radio stations. It has made me find other ways to get what I was used to and what I love. Wanda, where are you calling from? I am calling from Glen Burnie, Maryland, uh, which typically everyone knows as the DMV, which is D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And, yes, we have loads of venues and jazz, and it takes care of my addiction because I'm addicted to jazz. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And I would like to know, where can I purchase your this this CD called Notes, the saxophone edition CD and band, the usual suspect. Where can I get that? You can get this project off of my website, which is ahmadjohnsonmusic.com. And you can go okay. to the notes tab and you can download it from there. Um, I'll okay. be honest with you. We stopped printing CDs down here because what we found was we'd have stacks of CDs 
because everybody wanted things digitally. But if mm. you want to see this, find me oh, on yes, Twitter and we'll talk see. about it. Oh, find me on Twitter and we'll talk about it. We sure will. As now you're... Like, I, just <laughs> a, I, I just sent you a friend request as well on Facebook. We will take <laughs> care of that. We'll make we'll make that happen. I am. Yes, we will take care of that. You're in Maryland. How far yes, is your I city am. from Hampton University? How far are you from Hampton University? Probably maybe. As a matter of fact, I was I, I went to see a saxophonist yesterday. He was performing, and he went to Hampton University. I would say maybe Hampton, probably three hours or something. Maybe three. That is where, that is where I started working on songwriting. Um, wow. When I was at Hampton, when I was at Hampton, it was the early '90s, and people like Jodeci, Blackstreet. Those R&B bands were, were were starting to blow up. They would come around Hampton because we had a we had a state of the art at that time studio, and they would come around Hampton. Mm-hmm. And what I'm and so what I'm doing is I'm I'm walking around and I'm listening and I'm picking up on some of their traits and some of their their tactics and some of their behaviors when it comes to writing a song. And I never met any of them because I didn't like just I didn't want to walk into the studio and say hey big fan. Let me sit in here with you. I didn't want to do that. But I did kind of float around while they were working, and I picked up things here and picked up things there. And when I was in Hampton, that is when I started working on on songwriting. Okay. Mm. Well, I heard you speaking of Kirk Whaler. Yes, and ma'am. And last, last weekend I got to meet him for the first time. <clears throat> he is totally, totally awesome. <laughs> Take, true, true story about Kirk Whalen. When I when I moved back to Texas, I moved on Mother's Day, and because all of my money went into moving on Mother's Day, I didn't get my mom anything. She's a great woman who understood, but she's still my mom. My first night back at the jazz club, Kirk was playing, and my mom loves mm. Kirk's music. And so I walked up to him and said, "Sir, if it would be possible to get an autograph on the bag for my mom, this would get me out of the doghouse. I really would appreciate it." <laughs> He said, it's for your mom. I said, yes, for my mom. I just moved back down here. I didn't get her anything for Mother's Day. He looked at his manager. His manager said, come back in 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, fine. I get back to work. And 10 minutes later, he had put every project that he had at that point in the bag and signed the bag. Mm-hmm. This is from Kirk. Your mm. son loves you. Happy Mother's Day. My mom still has that bag. Wow. And that was oh, that's awesome. <laughs> He he is one of the nicest people in an industry full of very nice people. Well, mm-hmm. he and mm-hmm. you also mentioned. Um, I was listening to your whole conversation, very articulate. Um, you was mentioning Gerald Albright. They performed on stage together. See, you know what magnitude that, that, you know what magnitude that was for me. And I don't know if we'll ever get that down here again. I don't know. The last time mm. we had a jazz show worth talking about was Boney James and Brian McKnight. And that show was great. It was a great show, but it's R&B and then smooth jazz. I don't know if we'll ever get a night where you'll get two heavyweights like that on stage. I can only imagine the the, the pictures and the videos and the posts that were going on during that show. Because when they're separate, oh, yeah. they're incredible. Well, uh, when you accept my mm-hmm. friend request, you can see all of them. <laughs> when you accept my friend w- request, you can see all of them. I will, I will be looking for that because in- Gerald Albright, we had the opportunity. Go ahead. I'm sorry. In- including Boney James and Althea Renee and Jonathan Fritzen with um, Lynn Roundtree. Yeah, it, it was a star-studded QC event in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I miss nights like that. I I do. I miss opportunities like that because you would go, you would go to these shows. Everybody's there to enjoy themselves. You know, you're going to hear some good Mm -hmm. music. You you know, you're going to have fun. It's going to pretty much be a stress-free evening because what I've learned about jazz fans is we don't show up places trying to start a whole bunch of stuff. We just want the music. Mm -mm. That's all. Um, So you're lucky. 
Um, you're very fortunate to have had that opportunity. It is my hope mm-hmm. that one day our area finds itself back in that type of a position because we used to have that all the time, and then it's like someone just turned the lights out. Mm, sad. Wow. wow. So sad. Well, yeah. Well, I'm going to let you go, but uh, like I said, accept my friend request. You can see our thing on my page with that you love as well, and we can talk about the CD, and because Terry can tell you I like to display my artist music on, you know, the CDs on my page, and I'm a little animated. I add instruments and little write-ups, and people in all the 2,000-plus friends I have, they love that. Well, we will make that happen. We will take That's care of that. great. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you have, well you're welcome, and you have a great day. Talk with you later. You too, ma'am. Thank, Thank you, you, Wanda. Thank you, Miss Terry. Bye. You're welcome. Have a good one. Bye. Now, she mentioned the usual suspects. So let's talk about that. Um, It's called the usual suspects, 817. Tell us about this band. Now, I got clear clear a few things up. The reason we're the usual suspects, 817, is because there are lots of usual suspects out there. That's our area code. And that name came about out of a conversation that, that me and one of my keyboard players we're having one day. Um, we had a gig coming up, and he said, who's playing with us tonight? And I said, the usual suspects. And he texted me while I was about to text him, that should be the name of the band. And so that's what we go by now. Um, but but there's, a, there's a bigger group uh, that we call Jazz Pals. Me and my friend Damon Callahan, the guy who I told you helped me with uh, Days of Joy, we work together, and we have this group that we call Jazz Pals. He has a separate band. I have a separate band, but we both kind of incorporate them under the Jazz Pals body. Um, it, the, the closest thing I can uh, uh, the closest thing I can equate that to is how back in the day, well, you mentioned foreplay earlier, and the passenger Chuck Loeb is one of those things that hit hard because of what he brought us as a musician and how mm-hmm. that will not be replaced. But all the members of foreplay had their own separate thing, and they would come together to do foreplay. That's how Jazz Pals kind of is. My friend Damon has his band. I have my band. And then about once a year, once every two years, we get all the guys together, and we see what we can do. But the usual suspects, that's the group that I front. Um, We've done a couple of festivals, a number of venues around here where we've played. And for me, it's a blast being on stage with them. Because I tell them every time, I'm the worst musician on this stage. This is fun for me, watching y'all do what y'all do. I'm fortunate to have them. Uh, We have this young lady um, named Taisha. She's our singer. She's recently had a baby, so we have not performed with her in about a year. And so I'm looking forward to the next time we can all get together with the whole band together. Because I think that that being a part that long, when we get a chance to, to hit it, hit the stage like we used to. I think that's going to be something pretty special. Okay. All right. Now, I'm also looking at the timeline on your website, and you list the different projects by year, but I find it really interesting the way you list the years, the way you have the years noted on here. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Do I use the X for my 10? Yeah, and the K and all that. Yeah, it's different. I am... It, it, that's why I am someone who is mm-hmm. always trying to find another way to just kind of make you pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. The kids play these video games, um, 2K17, 2K16. So I'm just trying to market my stuff in such a way, present my stuff in such a way that it just doesn't look like the same old thing that you've always seen. Yes, Definitely. You're definitely thinking outside the box for sure with that. All right. Tell us about some of your other projects. Um, there's 1052, Asylum, uh, Songs for the Evening. Tell us about these. 1052 was a project I actually challenged myself to have done by my birthday uh, a number of years ago. And a lot of the songs on that project in my head were supposed to feature the saxophone as I'm going through them and as I'm painting the pictures, they don't fit that that mentality. They don't fit that, that idea. 
and so I'm having to shift away from the sax for that project. It was it was 1052 started the the work for that project started at a at a transitional phase in the life when I was mm-hmm. about to mm-hmm. start when I was going through a lot of changes and I could see it coming and I wanted to catch the energy of that change through music and I sat there and I'm writing and I'm writing every day and I'm throwing songs away because I can't stand them one week after I thought they were beautiful and I'm going through all these things and all these emotions and then there just came a day when I looked up and I said this is what I want people to hear and when I was trying to come up with an idea for the name of the CD, I didn't have one. Then I decided if you put it out on your birthday, and then you just kind of announce that it's out at the minute that you were born, just thinking of crazy stuff. So at 10.52 that day, I sent okay. a post to all my friends saying, my, my new CD is out. You should buy it for my birthday. Don't wish me happy birthday. Buy the project. I can't spend your happy birthday. I need the money. You know, just being goofy about it, making it all as fun <laughs> as I could. And 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 that was cool. The Asylum Project was toward the tail end of that transition. And I made noise for about three months about the next project being called Asylum. And everybody in my circle started sending me messages saying, what is this going to be? Is this going to be just what is this project going to be? I started doing an ad campaign that made people think it was going to be some type of a metal rock hybrid jazz project. I was doing everything I could to attract attention to it to then explain to people the original purpose of the term asylum was it's a safe place. And while I was working on that project, Mm, I was finding a safe place for me. I was going through so many things to find my safe place. And when that project came out, the songs on that project, everything about that project was just me finding my safe, my, my safe space. And I love that CD. I, a lot of the songs, that CD is the one of mine that stays in my car. Because when I'm having a hectic day, when things aren't going the way that I would like them to go, I will hit play on that. And it reminds me that I'm still not where I was before I got to this safe space. And so for me, it's just a reminder of where I am now. Mm, okay. All right. Now, is your all of your music only available on your website? No, it is on iTunes, and it's everywhere but Pandora, which is our running gag okay. down here because Pandora, for some reason, doesn't particularly care to push it. I'm not sure why. But it's everywhere. It's iHeartRadio. It's Spotify. It's on Tidal. And I think that's kind of cool because, you know, Jay-Z, Tidal, awesome. It's everywhere. And we'll get messages from people who say, I found your music while listening to Wayman Tisdale. I found, I found your music mm-hmm. while listening to Spiral Gyro. And, and, and it's cool that, that people can stumble over your music and connect with it accidentally and then purchase it and then send you a message saying, I really like this song. And that, that has meant a lot. Okay. All right. But, now but earlier, with, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. To be honest with you, the only project that's on my website exclusively on my website is the notes, the sex phone, the sex phone edition project. Everything else is on iTunes. Got it. Okay. Okay. Earlier, you mentioned, um, you know, some of the groups that you opened for um, in Texas there when you guys had the radio station. Um, I looked at your your uh, bio here on your website, and I see the name Jeff Gollop and Wayman Tisdale. Please tell me about those two. We used to have a show down here called Guitars and Saxes, and it was always Richard Elliott. And whatever guitar players he could find. And for that event, I was in Philly. And I got a phone call saying, do you want to open for Guitars and Saxes in Fort Worth? And made a call back and said, yeah, I'll be there. And I showed up. Mindy Aber, either Mindy Aber was on that show as well. It was Mindy, it was mm-hmm. Richard, it was Golub, and it was Tisdale. 
And I show up being the opener and playing the opener's role. Like, there are all these greats on stage, and me and my guys get up to sound check. And, you know, when you're the opener and you're sound checking, you're not, you're not expecting anything from anybody. You're just up there making sure your mic works. You know that, you know, the majority of the people aren't here to see you, and that's fine. You're filling your role as an opener. I come off stage. Wayman Tisdale is just, he, first of all, you understand why he played basketball. He, he's a, he was a giant. And he's standing there, and he's like, mm-hmm. dude, y'all sounded great. Y'all sounded great during the sound check. If that's what y'all going to do tonight, y'all are going to kill. And I'm sitting here like, thank you, Mr. Tisdale, Mr. Tisdale. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been, all, all, all of a sudden, you're Mr. Tisdale. It's like, I'm, wait, I'm like, I know, but that just felt weird for this initial moment. Jeff comes over, and he's like, you know, uh, are you signed with anyone? I'm like, no, we're not signed. We're, we're you know, we're kind of doing this as we can. He wishes us luck. Mindy gets a copy of the CD. And Richard Elliott, me and his keyboardist, we're talking. But but Jeff was, Jeff was, he he was incredibly cool. He he was that guitar player cool. Like sax mm-hmm. players have their own level of cool, but guitar players have that. It's a different level of cool. Like I know, I know I'm cool. Here's my guitar. Mm. And he was very nice and friendly, but there was no doubt that he knew he was cool, and not in that jerky kind of way that some people can do. It was like I'm cool, and you're standing over here by me. That makes you cool as well. He's introducing me to people. Now I'm thinking to myself, I don't care about any of them. I'm meeting you right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish this would have been during the time when. We had the phone, the camera phones, because most of the pictures I have with these guys are on good old fashioned print somewhere, in a mm-hmm. box somewhere. Mm-hmm. But but he was he was, everyone was very kind considering they didn't have to be. We're just an opener. Yeah. And I've learned a lot about how to treat people around me by how they treated me that day. It doesn't matter what your spot is. It doesn't matter what your role is. In, in this, we have to support each other because in some places we're all we got. Yes, yes. And and it, wow, it was a wonderful stories. night. Yes. Mm, all right. The thing about well, the thing about the thing about Tinsdale. Yes, thing that mm-hmm. when I heard when, when I what's weird is as a saxophonist when you hear about when you hear about guitar players and bass players in the genre passing is like you're hearing about a saxophonist passing because it's not just someone on the sax passing. It's someone who created this smooth jazz that you listen to. When Jeff Golub was on the radio, mm. I didn't change the station. When Wayne Matisdale was on the radio, I didn't change the station. His version of Can't Hide Love is powerful considering he's playing that on a bass. We get into conversations down here about, about inside my circle of saxophone and friends about favorite musicians. And when I start naming George Benson, when I start naming people who don't play the sax, they look at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, you said favorite musicians. You didn't limit me. All these people have, have painted pictures that I enjoy listening to. And so when Jeff passed and when Wayman passed, when Wayman, when he got sick and I heard he was sick, I was like, no, he, that can't happen. Yes. Yes. He, he can't. <laughs> I feel who, you. Who's going to, who's going to do that if he's sick? Who's going to Wayman Tisdale us if he's sick? He'll, he'll bounce mm. back. We need him. And, and, and when they started, pass, when, when we started losing our musicians, I was having a conversation with a lady at church who knows I take these things kind of hard. And I said, I haven't lost anybody. They're exactly where they always have been. I don't get to see them anymore, but they're still, they're still on my radio. They're still in my iPhone. They're still in my headphones. They're still where they've always been. I just don't get to see them. I still get to hear them. We're lucky that we got all of these people who left us this part of them. So no matter what happens to them mm-hmm. physically, we still got all this music. It's the same thing with Prince. Yes. Died. Yes. Prince left us so much that, yes, I, I, I almost took the day off because Prince was, he, he's who I looked up when folk looked up to Michael. I looked up to Prince. 
And people were like, are you going to be okay? I said, I played Purple Rain all day today. I think I'm just fine. I have their music. That's mm-hmm. what makes mm-hmm. what they See, do. I was so, like that. So, I put on my purple tie, my purple shirt. I was like that I played Luther Purple Rain. Yeah. Luther mm-hmm. died on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And people were like, mm-hmm. I, when he when he died, when when Luther died, I was at work when I heard about it, and I mm-hmm. left work crying. I just left work. I couldn't stay. I left work bawling like a baby. So I totally understand his in, that. His his impact on music, and he made it mm-hmm. sound easy. When you listen to Luther and you sing with Luther, regardless of how you sound. And I know that for a fact by how I sound. Regardless of how you sound, you swear it's easy because he made it seem easy. Yeah. And you can't, you can't imagine yes. a wedding. You can't imagine um, Christmas. There, there are certain, mm-hmm. there are certain mm-hmm. events mm-hmm. that you can't imagine without Luther. And That's I remember right. when he died, my mom, my mom called me and she said, you know, are you okay? I said, the best part about this is that whatever was wrong with Luther is not wrong with him anymore. anymore. That's the yeah. best part of this. We we don't have yes. sick Luther. We don't have sick. We don't have anymore. falling apart Michael Jackson. We don't have falling apart Prince. We have them perfect in our memory because of what they left us. And the same Amen. is with so Wayman. The same is with the same is with Chuck. The same is with Jeff. The same is with Miles Davis. The same is with Coltrane. The same is with all our artists who left us so much for when we didn't have them anymore. Mm. So true. So true. Okay, well, we have just a little under five minutes to go, Ahmad. Um, Let everyone know where they can find you on social media. My name is Ahmad Johnson. Um, On Twitter, I'm Johnson Kid, spelled with a Y, J-O-H-N-S-O-N-K-Y-D. On Facebook, I'm Ahmad V. Johnson. Uh, on Instagram, I think I'm Johnson316. Spell that all out, 316. Not the number, but mm-hmm. actually spell it out. Uh, and I think as far as where I am in, out there, my website is AhmadJohnsonMusic.com. Please feel free to visit if it's just to take a look around. I always tell people I'm a terrible marketer because I don't necessarily care if you buy it. I just want you to hear it. If you feel like buying it, just I'll appreciate it. it. But I just really want people to hear it. So stop by the website. Yes. Um, we're we're going to start working more on getting more things out there on Audio Mac and SoundCloud. Hopefully SoundCloud will still be around. Uh, we're working on making sure that, that our music is out more because we have a lot of ideas that we're working on. We want people to be able to enjoy them. Okay. And remember, the notes. The saxophone edition is only available on the website, AhmadJohnsonMusic.com, so you can pick that up there. Ahmad, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. Thank you for what you do as someone who's keeping this smooth jazz thing going. Um, it, this, this style of music that we love needs all the help it can get because it shouldn't mm-hmm. be this hard for people to access this great music. So thank you for what you do. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to close the show with Kiss You Goodnight. Tell me about this song. I have this wife, and she's awesome. Like, really awesome. And okay. one night, I'm, I'm back in, and I'm working on a song, and she falls asleep. And she wakes up the next morning, and I'm like, baby, I didn't kiss you tonight last night. You just kind of fell asleep, and I let you. And when I said that, I remember I was working on this song while she was drifting off, and I decided I would just name this song Kiss You Goodnight. All right. All right, then. Perfect title for ending of the show, Kiss You Goodnight. All right. Thank you again, Ahmad. I appreciate it, and uh, you have a good day. Ma'am, you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. That was saxophonist Ahmad Johnson. The new CD is called Notes, the Saxophone Edition. It's only available on the website, AhmadJohnsonMusic.com. 
All right, this is, um, you have been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz with me, your host, the Jazz Queen. I'm going to close the show with Kiss You Goodnight. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a great day. You know, I have a delay. She's shipping. Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen, on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz, and visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com.